there. Welcome to the coffee shop. I'm Oregon Music News Editor Tom D'Antoni, and we're in World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason for another coffee shop conversation. Joining me today is a splendid fellow. He is a founding member of what he used to call a third world party band, which you know as Three-Leg Torso. His name is Courtney Vondrelli. I've known him and his three-leg compatriot, Bella Belloc, since 1997 when I wrote the Oregonian piece on their first album and caused a ruckus at their CD release gig. We'll talk about that. In weeks to come, you'll hear music radio journalist Anessa, singer, composer, actor Andrew Paul Woodworth, Denise Kowalczyk of the late KZME, and Carlton Jackson, drummer for all seasons. I've always enjoyed talking to Courtney. He's very clever. Join us. From the cupping room. <laughs> this is the cupping room. Indeed. I don't know what that means. It's. I think it's a kind of acupuncture thing. You know, another person said that. It's not it. I don't think they do acupuncture in here. Well, this has more to do with coffee. But I, I keep threatening to have the manager come in here and explain what the cupping room is. But it's the shtick is too good. To, to, to have it be ambiguous. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... Cupping room, coffee shop, it's not about the Chinese. It's uh, not no. Chinese herbs or anything No, it's like not. No. All right. Uh, well, the, uh, welcome, uh, Courtney. Thank you, Tom. Pleasure I'm to be here. Glad that, glad that you could, uh, could do this. Uh, it's not the first time that we have sat down and done something like this. You have been uh, right a, a fine fellow to speak to frequently. It's been every time. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so I remember when I was back when I was in the good graces of the Oregonian before I was banished, oh, yes. before I became outre, uh, probably because of what I wrote about about I, free leg. I don't think we dragged you dragged you down or up. No, 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 no. You, you didn't. Yeah, I I take it all on myself. Okay. <laughs> because because I wasn't Marty Hughley. Well, Let's see. You you could never you just have to accept who you are, Tom. And that's why I, 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 do I have a choice? <laughs> I guess I don't have a choice. <laughs> I can think anything I want. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I I I I, I, I rather would be realistic. <laughs> Not really. I don't want to be realistic. I want to think I for for short periods of time. Hey, come on. Uh, but I re did realize that. Um, when I wrote the piece on on the first Three Leg Torso album, I, which I do recall, yeah, I did, uh, and I remember sitting there with you guys and the, the three of you, yeah, uh, in, in 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 your place and yeah. uh, talking to you and wrote, wrote that piece, and they didn't like it. They did. They did not like it. Was, but was that the piece that was published though? Yes. What did they tell you? We don't like this, but we're publishing it, or how no, does that come out? It was like this is their attitude. They didn't, you know, I was, I was, I was hot there then. You know, I had a whole lot of stuff done. I was doing three-page pieces in the Sunday Sunday Living section. I did a piece on a uh, all night bingo parlor and stuff like that. And then I, I wasn't Marty Hughley on your piece. You were, you were not the flavor of the month. There. I, was not. Yeah. I was not. And they loved you guys. Oh my God, they just loved you guys more than anything else. In the well, world. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. But I, yes, I, and and they thought they were getting something by pairing me up with you guys. I see. They but they were disappointed in what I had done. But but, <laughs> but they but they still published it. They did. And uh, I should go back and look at that and see if it really did suck. Well, I, I don't recall <laughs> it sucking. I, okay. I recall it being good. It was a good time. It was a, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I remember. <laughs> I still had a lot of Baltimore in me at that time. Uh -huh. I mean, I still do, but I remember going to the CD release for the first album, and it was at the Fez. No, it was at the... Adriana Hill Ball. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Correct, correct. And I remember being really, really pissed off. I wasn't aware of Portland audiences at the time and how rude they are and how they talk constantly and talk over the music and everything else. We noticed that too. Yes. Yeah. And I and, and so um, there was a whole lot of people back at the bar, and yeah. you guys were playing because you you didn't you opened. Because you had the Lions of Batucada. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't want to follow fifty people no, playing percussion. No, no. And I remember 
being really pissed off that they wouldn't shut up. And I walked over to them and told them to shut up and the, and the, while you were while you guys were playing. And 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 uh, well, there's another part of this story. No, not a big part. But so, what was the response? The they were shocked that anyone would say that to them, because it's Portland. I see. They. I didn't realize. I I didn't understand the folkways well, here at that time. The the other the other part of this story is that the I think the main contingent of uh, chatters yeah. were actually people that we knew. It, 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 it was a a contingent of friends who uh, are boisterous and and enjoy themselves actively, uh, but but I don't think we expected that ourselves. It, it was it was disconcerting. Yeah, yeah. it was awful. And the, yeah, and the room, the sound in that room is is kind of you're you're fighting it anyway. Yeah, and then yeah, those guys yeah. weren't helping. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so thank you, Tom, for for for. <laughs> <laughs> not letting the Baltimore leave you and, and, and rolling it down the aisle. I don't know. I just felt like somebody has to say something to these people. How can they do this? How can they be so rude when this wonderful music is playing? <laughs> there, there, are, there are weird occasions. Now, I kind of feel that that was uh, a long enough time ago in history that most people knew about being at a, a, a live performance. Although that particular crowd of people had their own method of doing it. But now... I kind of feel there's a, there's a younger generation that so, sometimes in school, you know, we occasionally do school shows. Uh -huh. There's an education as to, hey, you're at a live event. Those people up there are live. It's not the TV or it's not your phone. And I think, as ridiculous as it sounds, sometimes there's some people in the audience that think it's okay. They think you are like a, a something that can be turned on and off or as. Yeah. That they can give you as much attention or, or not, which that is true, but they, they feel fine being disruptive. Uh, music doesn't go as good when it's that way. Well, they should shut the hell up. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a more diplomatic <laughs> fellow than and you. This is, and this is not like get off my grass. I'm, I mean, this is not, that's not what this yeah, is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what's funny about speaking of young people like that? Uh, this, there's another moment in your performing history that I'll never forget. I think I might know this one too. <laughs> was when was when John Averill was having these sort of hipster happenings. Yeah. What did they used to call him? I forget. Anyway. Okay. Uh, what, what 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 did they call him? Well, I'm not. Remember? This I'm, was at the I'm Wonder so Ballroom. Sure. Yeah, I'm not so sure of the official titles, but I think the, I, I remember yeah. the. Yeah. And and, yeah. and this was like you know six or eight years in yeah. for you guys, right? Yeah. And you were not as young as you had been. Well, it's, it's true. <laughs> but Although I like to think that we were still but young. But the audience was as young as you had been. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be interesting. How's that going to play? How is that going to play, right? Yep, yep. And you guys tore it up, and they were all dancing. And I went, yeah! That, that, <laughs> yeah. We, we got one over on them that time. Well, yeah. I just thought... Yeah, man, there's this. This is this is you know this is a new new generation of people discovering these guys, and it still works, and it's all wonderful. And I was so happy for you guys. As were we. Yeah. I think. I mean, were that, you aware of that? Well, uh, you you actually you wrote about that. I did. And yeah. and yeah. you and you kind of did. You described it as uh, not quite the second coming, but yeah. but but that we had reinvented ourselves successfully. Yeah. And uh, we didn't we didn't do. I think. We got a little heavier. We yes. certainly we got percussion. I mean, yeah. as opposed to being a trio, but also I have to I have to credit largely Bela to stage presence because Bela like kind of embraced. Hey, I'm gonna be Keith Richards out there, actually, or more Mick Jagger. It's <laughs> the truth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and he loves it and he does it well. Yeah, yeah. And he still plays great violin while he's doing it. Well, he he. Bela has always been a rock star. No but, matter what. No matter what. Yeah. But this was like turning it up to 11, right? It's true. It's true. <laughs> and, and, and then once, once he's been able to turn up to 11, he's, he's still going for 12 and 13. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, I think going with this sort of new generation, uh -huh. performance is big. And, you know, and, and we never as an act – I mean, you've seen us a lot. We 
we appreciate, we try to do a fairly, we try to appreciate the art of what we do, but not take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. So we, we appreciate also that we're entertainers. Uh-huh. And, and so when Bela is going that far, he's, we're like upping our entertainment factor. I kind of, I think at that gig, probably I told fewer stories. We were a rock and roll act. <laughs> but you know, the whole story thing is, is entertainment. But I think, uh, in, in a crowd like that, you, more and more, you, you, people want, I think, more than just music. They want, they, they want some sort of multimedia extravaganza. So we tried to raise the bar in that level. The third most memorable, although oh, these, gonna, these are chronological. Okay, yeah. I, this is, I didn't plan any of this. Yeah. This is just what's, so what's, what, coming, what, to mind. what's okay. coming to mind. And, and this is not, again, this actually might be number one, as a matter of fact. Okay. You know, uh, it's in just chronologically, order. it's number three. Yeah. Is you were playing that lodge out uh, out in out in the gorge? Oh yeah, yeah. What's the name of that place? Have, uh, Skamania Lodge. Skamania. Yeah. Okay. And you were facing west. The band was facing oh, west. Oh yeah, this is a memorable moment. And the audience is facing east. Uh huh. Facing the gorge. Yeah. And night had fallen, and behind you. The moon, when, when, you, when you were starting your last tune, the moon started to rise behind you as though you were making it happen. It was, it was, it was like, is this CGI? What, is, it, 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 what movie is this? And by the time you finished the tune, the moon was, a, well, the moon was high up in the sky. Oh, no, that's and pretty the perfect. audience lost their. That's you See, might have we thought did, we didn't know that. I know you, might, you, you thought it was for you know, <laughs> for the performance, right? Well, uh, but it was for the performance and and God it came together. Uh, I, recall, I recall you mentioning that too, and <laughs> and we of course we literally had no idea. No, you had no of idea. The yeah. Poetic visual beauty going on there. <laughs> that, that's that was a good one. It was. I was like, I'm, I, you know, I've been to a million. I've never. I'll never forget that. It was like. <laughs> That's, uh, it would have been good if sh- had we had shooting stars too. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it would have been good if the man in the moon had started singing. That, that, you know, that, if you had a vocal accompaniment by the man in the moon. That right? that would have upped it. But <laughs> but I'll settle for for what we got. <laughs> and I'm glad you were there too. To memorialize this. No, I mean everybody who was there will never forget that. Okay, well, and well, you had, but, but but we all know that you, we all knew that you had no clue, which was part of the joy <laughs> of it. <laughs> very very funny. Uh, 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 how many years has it been for Three Lake now? Almost twenty, right? Uh, it's it's probably getting close to twenty. It's uh, let's see. I would believe it's because the first 17, album was in was in ninety eight, right? I think ninety seven. Ninety seven, yeah. 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 And and uh although we sometimes joke from the stage, you know, this is our we've joked for a while, but we say like, Hey, this is our fifteenth anniversary of the band tonight. <laughs> we have said things like that a number of times. But a few years ago we stopped counting because it it's been quite a few years. But uh, yeah, I, but I'll yeah, go with yeah. the uh I'll go with the uh, almost 18 years that we've been doing, I Man. think. Yeah, that's a long time. And the oft-told tale of Meestering. Well, yes. Yep. The, yep. The, yep. The, the somewhat the beginnings of the band. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you mean? Why do you why do you say somewhat? Well, Bailey and I started playing together before that. Yeah. And and we had this band Loeb, which I don't know if you ever saw Loeb. Never saw it. Loeb was art rock, mm-hmm. and. Um, and you know that was kind of bad. You know, I'm a member of different bands now, but that was the kind of band that rehearsed maybe for a year and got all all the new material together, yeah. and then started doing gigs. I kind of we bands get to gigs quicker nowadays. Yeah. But uh, but it was sophisticated and cool. And Bela played trombone in that band as well as Amazing. violin. And then uh, <laughs> and oh, this happened. We we had a uh, we had a gig at North by Northwest. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, and and I think about an hour before the gig, the drummer called us up, and he was mad, and he said he wasn't gonna 
he wasn't going to show. <laughs> oh, and, and, and so, we, you know, we all consulted, okay, we were going to go in and do it. And it was sort of like the spinal tap, you know, okay, now we're going to be a free jazz band. Oh, jeez. But so we went down, and he did show up at the gig. went went fine, but uh, we we imagined it was gonna it was gonna take a whole different turn. <laughs> but that was the beginning with with Bela, because Three Leg is is a, is a strong partnership between Bela and I in terms of musical voices yeah. and putting it out. And then when that band finished, and Bela also. Uh, I, I would bug Bela about playing in the streets, which he would never wanted to do. Yeah. And so when he lost, uh, when when his relationship failed, yes, he was more willing to go out on the street. In fact, he was into it. So then we started playing on the street, yeah. and uh, and eventually met met well had Gabe, our cello player, join yeah. us yeah. as a result of him leaving a phone message of great cello playing. And then, uh, in in one sense, the rest is history. And by the way, may I say yeah. that um, there was a period, uh, it's, it's somewhat less so now, but there yeah. was a period when there was a cello in every goddamn band in town. But you guys started it. Well, we were one of the first ones, that's for sure. Yeah. But now they just have the cello project, so they got all the cellos in, in, in one, one in band. In one band, yeah. yes. <laughs> I kind of, I, you know, I think back uh, to our sound at the beginning as a trio. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I also – I was talking to Mark Orton recently from Tin Hat Trio. Uh -huh. And uh, I, the, band, the bands are, are, are not dissimilar, although each has a distinctive voice. Yeah. But kind of – I think we were each early uh, pioneers somewhat in this sort of chamber – not quite pop, but chamber, world music, yeah. pop, modern classical. Pop. No, it's not pop, it's but – but it but it's not afraid of pop, you know. Yeah. So uh, Mumford Mumfords are pop. Mumfords pop. We yeah. were definitely yeah. not Mumford. <laughs> but 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 I think uh, and 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 so as time has gone by, I think that sound has become pretty. A lot of people have absorbed elements of that sound and yeah. the thing, and the cello has been absorbed in a lot of things too along the way. Yeah. 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 Boy. So. Uh, I, I do remember vividly shooting that TV story on you guys with the, <laughs> with the the scene in the restaurant. Oh, yeah? Where <laughs> I believe you guys ran in saying, may we play for you, Meester. We, we did. We did. We, indeed, we did. And then uh, and, and I think we had something. Recreating. We, you can give us between one and five hundred dollars or something yes. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that line. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually use that line for real? Well, I think after we saw that piece, then we decided that was a good line. And, and, and it got recycled a little it bit. It was a good line. Yeah, it was a really good line. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, you, you, you didn't. You, how long has it been since you played on the street? Uh, Did you ever play on the street again? Oh no, I do. But 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 uh, you do? I do more like, recently. Really? Yeah. Well, what happened? I have not played with Three Leg on the street more recently. Yeah. Although I wouldn't be averse to. Yeah. Our our kind of last busking was at I think Folk Life in Seattle, and, and that was a lot of fun. But that was a good few years ago. Uh, but yes. Uh, more recently. Yeah. My 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 uh, girlfriend. Is uh, is a really good pianist, Kazue mm -hmm. Suzuki, uh -huh. and and she's more classically. Uh, she's excellent at classical music. She's learning more about jazz and improvising stuff. But she's she's great and she can get into it, and she does. And we wanted to do some stuff together, and we we also were going on the road to Japan. Actually, we're going to visit her family, and we wanted to play some music and. I'd I'd heard about one I'd heard about shoehorn yeah. who for a while was like earning yeah. a living playing on the streets of Japan. I I kind of had this image in my mind <laughs> of of buskers in Japan doing great. Wow. So uh, one we were wondering, hey, what instrument can she play so that we can play together? Uh -huh. So she started playing melodica. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. And so then uh, then we had this trip booked to Japan. We wanted to 
improve our skills. And actually, I, you know, Meester Meester had done some busking, but not much. Yeah. And so Casma uh, and I started going out and doing busking as our ensemble, which is Vani and Kaz. <laughs> and uh, in, in a sense, it, w it was a whole different sort of busking because uh, I think Meester Meester kind of tries to, like, uh, stay in charge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Vani and Kaz uh, uh, still... Meester kind of hustles the audience. Yeah, Meester yes. Meester's got some <laughs> hustle going on. A lot of hustle. <laughs> but Vani and Kaz is kind of... Uh, would go with the flow more. And it's interesting to see more I felt when you're busking, you're really open to anything happening. And and it's not that anything wildly strange happened, mm -hmm. but, you know, you get some interesting encounters. And so uh, with, with Casway and Bonnie and Kaz, when the weather is good, occasionally we'll go out busking. We did go out busking in Japan, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, I was all excited about it in advance. Before I went, I decided I'd look it up online to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. I found out that it has since – now it's changed. Now you need a license, oh. and to do it without a license was illegal. Oh, geez. And I was going to <coughs> meet my future in-laws too. <laughs> and, and, uh, and but have, I was intent and, on and – And have them bail you out of jail? <laughs> well, I, I, I wanted to make a good impression yeah. of me. But, but, uh, but I was intent on busking. And there were there were uh, several times when Casway was like, no, let's not do that. And I'm like, nope, that's what we're doing. And we didn't get arrested. We got asked to move along. Yeah. But uh, but in addition to our other performances, you might see us on the street sometimes. Did you make any money when you were busking? Oh yes. Did you? Yes. That, that's not by by saying oh yes, I'm affirming that we made some money. Some money. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm not mentioning any any large sums or sums at all. I will say that one man yes. was impressing his probably his first date, and and, ah. and he he made a substantial deposit. Yeah, contribution. Yes. Yeah, contribution yes. to our to our to our <laughs> earnings. <laughs> I think it's now that's crowdsourcing. That's good. No, I think that we, is, is it busking? That is, that, that is that is the original crowdsourcing. That that you're going to the crowd right there. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I think if a busker, if you could go to a place where everyone is having first dates, you it, it would be good for the income. Are you going to do it here? We've done it here some. Yeah. Uh, where we did it outside Powell's. Really? We did it down on the waterfront. Uh, we did it outside Powell's, and uh, while we were doing it, uh, this this woman that I know and her her partner who I didn't know came up to us and and said, "Hey, we have a a magazine, and <laughs> you guys seem pretty interesting. Maybe you'd like to be in our magazine." So uh -huh. that that we said yes, and there's a local magazine, Folks Press, uh -huh. which is an online magazine, and so they did a a feature, a, a video feature on us. And then that's turned into something that's also something that I've started writing some uh, short stories for, too. Really? Yeah. All right. So why didn't you call me? Well, <laughs> why did I call you? I think why you didn't I call me? Why didn't you call me? Uh, you, I'm not in what charge. Am what am I? Huh? What, you, am, what am I? You're a guy that's busy. Liver? You're a guy that's busy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, last time we had something on, on three, like I had to have somebody else write it. Well, I know because I, I've approached you sometime, and you and you've said I think we've reached our our uh, no. saturation quota for the time being. Hey, yeah. where, where are you? What are we doing here? We're to, you know, we're right, right. here. We're yeah. right here. <laughs> where where were you born? I was born in Detroit. Born in Detroit. I was born in Dearborn. Let's get specific. Wow. That's really specific. Yeah, that's really specific. Wow. And uh, and my dad was a executive at Ford, so. Till I was five, we were living in the suburb of Detroit. Wow. Then when I was five, he got moved to England, as did the whole family. Uh -huh. And I grew up from there till I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. And those were formative years, as you can well imagine. I can imagine, yeah. 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 And even now, although I might sound like an American person, <laughs> if, if I come to England, I sound totally different. Do you? Yeah, when I talk to English people, until 
I kind of get really tired of myself, and an inner voice in my head goes, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and then I switch back. But it comes on easily, and I really enjoy it. Really? Yeah. Tom, have you seen – are you waiting for some English accent? Is yeah. that what's going on now? <laughs> this is one now. This is the stuff. Come on. This is the real stuff. <laughs> Next you'll be calling me mate. It could well happen. When, when I first went back to England, I, I, came, I came to Portland to go to Reed. Yeah. And I first got back to England a year later, and I'm going over to my sister's, and I get in the cab, and I instantly I start talking English. Hello, Governor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I give him the address and start talking to him, and instantly I felt good. Did now, you? Now, Tom, have you seen the, the uh, three-leg torso wanderlust Christmas extravaganza? Yes, I have. It's wonderful. Oh, it's I'm great. glad to hear that. Well, I am happy because I do get to speak with an English yes. accent for some duration in there. And, and, I, and I find it's sort of like exercising. It makes you feel good. So if you speak with an English accent for at least probably 10 minutes a day, if I were to, I would probably be more gregarious. Now, see, see I completely understand that because I, when, when, when I was working in TV, yep. I, I met Marie Sidlin. Yeah. Who was the associate conductor of the Oregon Symphony. Yeah. Turns out we went to the same high school in Baltimore. Okay. Now, there is a specific and very thick and very recognizable Baltimore accent, which I no longer have. Yes. But when I got to talk to him, we both were able to actually relax and converse. In this dialect. In this dialect. Yeah, and yeah. so what I... Thought, thought would be a good idea was let's just shoot this. We'll sit on this couch and we'll talk to each other in Baltimoreese, and no one will be able to understand it. And I'll put subtitles up. That's, so we did that, idea. and nobody could understand it. And I put subtitles up. So we just said, "Hey, how you how you doing? All right, let's go down the ocean. All right." And stuff like that. And the subtitles explained yeah. it to everyone. We're Baltimorean. And so, <laughs> and you felt good doing it. Of course, I felt good yeah, doing it. I, that's as much it. as I had worked over the years, you know, to lose that, so I could be in broadcasting. Yep, yep. You know, uh, <laughs> no, actually, it was it was it was my tenth um, grade drama teacher who beat it out of me, Mr. Edmonds, George Edmonds. He, that wasn't going to get you head in life was his message. It was. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because he was, uh, you know, well, it is, it is a hideous accent. <laughs> it's not like talking British. Well, no, but it's got a certain credibility. And, it does. And, and then if, if you get to... It's like going back to your youth. When you get to go there, it makes you feel good. Well, it, it has always worked for John Waters. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one who's made it famous. He's, but he's popularized yeah, it. Yeah, really. Uh, so, where, did did you did you start playing? You play obviously started playing music when you when you were over there. Right? Yes, I started playing guitar. What was your first, oh, you were the first a guitarist. Yeah, really. Yeah. No, I uh, I probably like many. Young boys, yes. around 11, yeah. I envisioned a, a beautiful future for myself as a rock star. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that, that wasn't going to happen because and, I and, was a And who, who did you envision yourself being? Well, I hadn't worked that far out, and I, 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 I would be embarrassed to say, but I did listen a lot to Gary Glitter. <laughs> 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 oh man! So, and, and as time has gone on, of course, that would be a bad role model. We can all see that. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> but when you're a kid, you just don't know. And it's Gary Glitter. Well, that's right. It, even the name. It's even the it's name in lights. Yes, it's inherently in lights. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and at at the time, you think alliteration is cool. That, yeah. Not knowing. Not not realizing that later on it would become the you know the, the last refuge of a bad writer, <laughs> as we all come to know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so did you actually try to play Gary, Gary Glitter songs? No. Oh. In, in my uh, what happened in a young in a young age? Yes. I I had a uh, a guitar teacher taught me kind of folk guitar. Really. Yeah. And then behind his back. 
<laughs> I bought an electric guitar, oh, and man. I kept kept on taking these like folk guitar lessons yeah. for I don't know about two more years, and and then I never told him I had an electric guitar <laughs> that that lived in another room. But I I was never uh, I'd like some of these songs, you know, blowing in the wind, whatever yeah. we were doing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Puff the Magic Dragon. Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah. And I honestly liked them. I mean, we could kind of say of them. In the, yeah, they, right. were, they were fun to play. I was a folk singer, for God's sake. Okay, so you know. Well, I do know. But at a at an early point, I found I, I made things up more. And I, uh, I didn't kind of codify them and say these were my compositions. But uh -huh. But more than uh, more than learning people's songs or sort of aspiring, hey, that's uh -huh. that's a really great song. I want to play it. I just kind of would fool around and come up with things. And then at a certain point in high school, the, there were two bands that were kind of the same band. Uh -huh. One was Lieutenant Debris and the Cheney Walk Jesters. <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> Lieutenant Debris. Debris. How do you spell that? D e b r i s. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the Cheney Walk gestures. What is Cheney Walk? Cheney Walk is like a famous street where actually I think Mick Jagger might live. I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one band. That was one band. And yeah. then one of the guys left, and a new guy came aboard, and then we were called Snail on Platter. And and then in those bands, that's the name of a that's the name of a town in, in England, right? Well, that, that could actually probably could be, <laughs> yeah, or or it might be a dish served in France. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> but in 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 that context, then these these things that I didn't really classify as compositions now became pieces, and we did other pieces too. But that's kind of the official start of okay, I'm, I'm writing tunes, and when I you know when I think back in retrospect now of how I write tunes, those were that was some pretty loose composition. Yeah. But, but that was that was getting it going. That was cool. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you do any covers? Uh yeah, we did some covers. We did Jeff Beck Wired. Did you? Yeah, yeah. we did yeah. some yeah. Uh, yeah. we did some traffic. We did we did some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did uh we did uh Hey Mr. Fantasy. We didn't do that, but we did Ian Drury's uh Sex and drugs and rock and roll. Uh, yeah, and, but it was this this other song? There ain't been some clever bastards. We did wake up and make love with me. Ah, yes. And yes, then yes, I yes, was yes, singing yes. that <laughs> at a pretty young age, <laughs> not really knowing what I was singing. About. <laughs> <laughs> I I quit a job at one time because and it was it was a really wrong decision for me to make because. I was I was working at Maryland Public Television, and I was the I was the the jazz and pop music critic on a TV show. Uh -huh. And I had just come I had just come back from LA, and I had my LA credentials, and I was working for a, another TV station at the time. We had a forty share at at, at seven thirty, and all right, so I must have you were somebody. I was some, <coughs> and but I was still doing this other show, and and I did I wrote this this piece uh, on an, on an Ian Dury uh, record, and it and they had a tune in it called. There ain't have been some clever bastards. And they wouldn't let me say the word bastards. Meanwhile, it was referring to like George Bernard Shaw or somebody, right? Uh-huh. And, and, so, and so I quit. But at the, at the, the bastards? Yeah, I quit because they wouldn't let me. It was one of the dumbest decisions I've ever made. <laughs> made purely out of like self-righteous anger, right? Because I could have kept kept doing that, get, you know, gotten the money and kept getting uh, stayed on the gravy train for the records, but um, but yes, thank you, Ian Dury. Well, and and it shows or, that you at one point were a man of principle. Yes, <laughs> there was a time. <laughs> there was a time. That was before I got the job making screaming car commercials. Okay. Yeah. 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 Things changed. Things things devolved. But then you see, at that point, after you after you quit that job. You you called those previous employers them bastards. Yes, and, them and you, bastards. you said it with satisfaction. Yes, and not clever either. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't clever. <laughs> oh jeez. So what? How old were you when you when you came back to to the United States? Eighteen, because I came back yeah. to go to college. Oh yeah. 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 And and 
did you, you, you were still, had you developed your other instruments by then? No, I was still playing guitar. Mm -hmm. I, uh, what happened next was I kind of, I, I was still playing guitar and somewhat aspiring to be a rock star. Uh -huh. But uh, I know, I was, I was, I got into jazz. We had a friend mm -hmm. <coughs> from America who had come over and he was a, uh, an international bike racer. And he'd stayed at our house. He was a, kind of a childhood friend. And he'd stayed at our house in England, and he brought some cassette tapes that he's traveling with. And uh, things that I'd never heard that blew my mind. Uh -huh. Stuff like Chick Corea, ah. uh, Stanley Clark. Ah. I, I might even have to say Chuck Mangione in this one, too. Jeez, oh, don't say that. <laughs> but but uh, things that uh, – oh, yeah, Stanley Turntime. Don't mess with Mr. T. I That's see. a great album. Yeah. So he he turned he he kind of changed my direction, and then uh -huh. uh, also getting into Pat Metheny. So uh -huh. so I got quite curious about jazz, yeah. and in that I also got curious about saxophone because it seemed like a a great instrument, a great voice for jazz. Right. And uh, with still this somewhat aspiration to be. The star, it seemed like the saxophone as the soloist. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. Right. So I was like, I better learn the saxophone. <laughs> Especially at tenor, you make this make you know grand statements. It's it's true. Yeah. You could make the walls vibrate a little. Correct. Bit. Yeah. Correct. So it it was a uh, saxophone next. Uh, then, then it was probably accordion, and I was gifted an accordion. Around 27. Really? Yep. And I started playing. How, it. Did, you, how did you find that? I mean, well, how, how did, how did you, it come to how me? Did how, did how did you discover that? How did you discover that? Well, in yourself. I was playing in this band, the Tone Dogs, with Amy Denio and Fred Chalinor. Uh huh. And I played guitar and saxophone and some keyboards. Uh huh. And one of the things I did had an accordion sound, and I and I liked the sound, and. I didn't really aspire to own own an accordion, mm -hmm. but when uh, a dance teacher gave me uh, an accordion that uh -huh. was uh, maybe in her family or something like that, uh -huh. I liked it. I liked it partly because it was goofy. You know, you could yeah. it, it has inherent comedy. And the other thing is, I used to be in bands, and I on the instruments I played, I didn't know how to have a an unaccompanied voice. I, I was used to being part of a, a team. Yeah. And I, w I was curious about how to do that as a, a singular instrument. Mm -hmm. So the accordion is just, I mean, it's its great in an ensemble, but it's also built to, to not need anyone else if you can do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I found all those things appealing in my streak for independence. Ah, <laughs> which continues to this day. Well, I, I, I do battle with it, but yeah, I'm yes. still, I still like it. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. So, but you 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 found it easy. You found it natural. You no, the accordion is. Uh, there are certain things that the accordion likes you to do, and those are those are easy on the accordion. Yeah. But I find that the accordion is also uh, an instrument. Those things that it wants you to do, it, it's very persuasive. It makes those easy. Mm -hmm. But if you want to do something adventuresome harmonically mm -hmm. or uh, to, to feel free on an instrument, I mean, as a musician, the, I think the aspiration is to have music that comes out from inside of you, and this instrument is, is the method of purveyance, but it's not the voice. The accordion has such a strong voice yeah. that to have music come out inside of you that just goes right through the accordion and the accordion doesn't say hey wait wait a moment i think you want to do this yeah that's a real challenge and so uh i mean i still find that's uh that's something you know i work with a lot because it's i i've learned a lot more about the accordion and and it's not as true that it beats me up as it used to <laughs> but but uh still the the freedom of expression on it is something that is it stands in the way of, of that happening naturally, I think. Does it beat you up as much as like playing baritone sax? Uh, <laughs> you know, I only I haven't played much baritone. Yeah. I th I think it, if it beats you up, it beats you up in a in a more charming manner. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've never I've never heard anybody explain to me. Yeah. Or to anyone else for that matter. Yeah. Um. The keys and the buttons. Okay. 
You want to know what, what's going on? I want to know what's going on. Well, the keys, you know what's going on. Yeah. Because it's like piano. Yes. The buttons, now, in the most common accordion, it's called a stradella system. We're talking the left hand here. Uh -huh. And the stradella system consists of preformed chords. You get a major chord, uh -huh. a minor chord, a seventh chord, a diminished chord, each just by pressing one button. So by pressing uh -huh. one button, as opposed to on the piano, maybe where you're using all the fingers in your hand to get a voice, uh -huh. you're just holding down one button. So you've got all those, but the that's easy because you've got one button. But the limitation is that you've got a set inversion of the chord every time. It's always going to sound the same. Yeah. The other, the other part of the buttons on that end are you have one octave of bass notes. So any bass story that you want to tell mm -hmm. has to happen within an octave. Or you have to have very good telepathic powers to convince the audience <laughs> that you've gone beyond an octave. And sometimes we give that a try. So, so in, in a sense... Uh, you, there's choreography. A lot of it is choreography. And then the bellows. No, the bellows. Yeah, but you get you get used to the bellows. But you always need to be putting air through the thing. Yeah. Which is, in that sense, it's a very human instrument because, like the yeah. voice yeah. or the saxophone, it runs off air, which is a which is a beautiful thing. And it there's really, only so much air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you, like the infinite statement, which. Uh, Seems seems like a good idea. <laughs> Once you get into it, you kind of want a few rests in there. Yeah. So yeah. so having something that stops stops its its source of power is good. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So so that was one set of that's the most common base. The other yeah. kind of base is something called a free base, and <laughs> and this has nothing to do with something Richard on Breyer, the street. Richard I understand. No. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, so we only had 12 octaves, yeah. uh, one octave of bass notes mm -hmm. on a standard system. Mm -hmm. On a free bass, maybe three and a half octaves of single notes, and you could form different inversions of chords. It's uh, it's a much it's less common in this country. It's more common in Europe. It's harder to play. It's harder to get a handle on. Yeah. But but it's a more versatile instrument in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the one that you play the most has what? Is the Stradella system? Okay. I do have a, I have a limited free bass accordion, uh -huh. and I know some about it. For a while, I had a more extensive one, uh, and it's kind of something that I understand how it works better than my operational skills. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, w I wanted to ask you about. Klezmocracy is klezmocracy dead? No, but I appreciate you asking. We we uh we 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 are uh. You had such a great run. Yeah, we had a great run. Some really good music and and uh you know music that involved a lot of spontaneity and yeah. uh excellent adventures, musical adventures. Uh, we had that. We had a, a while where we we had a a gig every week that was kind of alternating yes. between downtown and and Mississippi Pizza. Yeah. And I think we had about two years like that. Yeah. And we covered a lot of territory. Then uh, I'm not quite quite sure. You know, I I don't know how what marked the change. But then we uh we a lot the core of us, which is uh, Joe Janigan on drums, Ralph Huntney on keys, and mm -hmm. myself uh, became the Do Jump Performance Ensemble yeah. House Band, yeah. and and that was a gig that got us playing a lot and kind of took us places around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, we still did some things with a larger band, but but that was our our voice for a while. Then we kind of had a resurgence where we had. Uh, Jason DeMars playing some saxophone yeah. with us, mm -hmm. and Damian Erskine on bass, mm -hmm. and and we also, uh, you know, we, we that name Klezmocracy, which which we're quite fond of. We as as you know, we don't always stay between the the yeah. parallel lines yes. of Klezmer. Right. right, that's and, for sure. Yeah, and so our second album, Reach, was more. Uh, was more original compositions. Yeah, it was a jazz album. It was a jazz album. I think it had one klezmer tune on it as a right. as a sort of tip your hat. Yeah. But uh, but but in 
the truth is, as a klezmer band, we were a jazz klezmer band. Right. We, the Afro-Hebrew yes. was, was a good description of what we were doing. Right. So, and then that, that lineup went for a while. Now, the, uh, the current status is that there's a version of the band that plays a service four times a year at Neve Shalom Synagogue, a kind of R&B service. Uh -huh. And then there's a, another output of the band that involves Jack Falk, who uh, yeah. clarinetist, great singer, yeah. kind of wild, wild man uh, on, on whatever he's doing. And he, he had participated early on. Mm -hmm. And uh, John Hughes on bass. Mm -hmm. And then getting a trombone player who uh, a lot of the time now is Stephen Eaton. Mm -hmm. And that that might go under the name of Doina Groove. It's, it's kind of started as, as Jack's backup band. Uh -huh. And then in that version, I mostly play guitar. <laughs> 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 and, and that version embraces the looseness uh -huh. uh, of, of the earlier versions, but it's a little bit uh, it has a singer and and it's it's it, it's kind of open territory now we we don't we don't have a lot of gigs at this moment yeah but we're thinking of having in fact this might be the public announcement of it there you go we're thinking ladies and gentlemen here here it comes now we feel like we're going to have a re-release of our two earlier CDs wow yeah because uh but one because they're in such high demand they've they've gone off all the shelves yeah. and you know if you go to iTunes and try to download them they're out of them wow yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so 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 we want to make them available again yeah. to the people that's good yeah that's and good. and uh and it's, and it's great music it's uh -huh. it's both great listening it music it it's fun to play yeah. and and that band is a really great band so I, I and there is a, I, and I also remember when yeah. I shot the story on Klesmocracy. That was a great story. That was because each one of you wanted to be in a different Location. place. Yeah, yeah. And you suggested, <laughs> let's get on the Max train. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and the Max people said, no fucking way. Except they were they were they were testing out the the, the line out to the expo center at that time. Yep. And. Okay, we get on the train, and uh, it's you guys are playing, and it's fine, but that's all. It was just you guys on the train, and then all of a sudden, it came, it, it, it made it a stop. It stopped, yeah. And 50 people got, 50 employees of, of, of TriMet got on, just by, I mean, just coincidentally. Thankfully. Yeah, and yeah. turned it into a party. It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was, it was a great moment. That was, yeah, that, that was, was, really that was very moment. serendipitous. That was really it's for moment. sure. Yeah. And then Ralph in the cemetery. Yeah, Ralph. Yes. And, <laughs> and he's suggesting that that's where he liked to go with his girlfriend. I was going to say because yes. I think I think his line was something like he and he and his wife did yeah. plenty of courting here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, you know what they say: necrophilia means never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a one-way. One way relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh man, I forget where Joe. Where, where did Joe want? To Joe go? wanted to go to Kelly Point Park. Oh yes. And indeed we yes. did. Yes, and we then did. Michael wanted to go under, under the St. John's Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was that was some good stuff. It was man. good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. That, that you but know nothing nothing beat the the the, the, the Max train. Getting on the train. Yeah. Well, we we just lucked out. Yeah. I I I uh. I'm excited about you know. I guess we need to book some shows, but but this 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 new Doina Groove version. How do you, you spell that? D O I N A. What does that mean? It's it's like the front end of some klezmer tunes that are floaty and improvisatory and and. That's what, what that word means. Yeah, it's oh, okay. like that's that's a sort of harmonic harmonic cloud with cadenza type introduction. And then it's like two, three, four. Oompa, oompa. Have you thought of thinking of something a little more catchier that people people actually know what the fucking word is? <laughs> well, we'll take we'll take that as, into consideration. I mean, you don't have to call it Gary Glitter, but you know, 
something that's got star power. Start with English. How about? Well, you, okay. Well, I'll, I'll take that one into consideration. You know, you, sometimes you you build a relationship with a name without even knowing it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, three-legged torso is memorable. It is memorable. People don't even know what that other word is when you say it. It's it's true. It's Klezmocracy is clever. People understand that. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, tell them I'm, I will, I will, I will consider this, and we might have a discussion amongst the band afterwards. That uh, I suggest that. that we... <laughs> oh, but but this re-release idea. Yeah. Is uh, we're excited about it, and uh, as I think you know as as. As the time has gone on, as you said, we had a we had a hot period there. Yeah. You know, we're all busy in various ways, and and that was a time in life when we synced up with enough free time to yeah. to for the apples on the tree to ripen for that musical yeah. project. But but we all are are inspired and still love that music and like playing together. So yeah. uh, I hope that we can we can have more of a public front because it's it's a whole different for me and in a, in a selfish sense it's a whole different voice for me to get sure. to express sure. and especially now that there's the version of it where i play a lot of guitar too because because yeah. yeah. that in a sense that goes along with my english accent that that being my first in <laughs> instrument when i play it i feel you, you play it with an english with an english accent no, I, play what you're saying? An, I play it with an english accent <laughs> <laughs> no one knows, but I do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! So you got three leg. You got these different iterations of klezmocracy. Klezmocracy. You got the duo with with your Vonnie girlfriend. Vonnie and Kaz. And what else? Is that it? Well, there's uh, more. There's, got, Von, there's always more. Vonnie and Kaz has one other thing, which is Vonnie and Kaz. And the Koto player for Pink Martini, Masumi Timpson. Uh -huh. And we, uh, she's she most of the time lives in Japan. But when we've gone to Japan, we, we play with her. And when she comes here, we play with her. And we're going to record a demo actually in February with her. So that's a expanded version of Vani and Cavs. Gotcha. That's going. Then this this thing which doesn't exist yet, but... I, I'm working on making it exist this year, is that uh, I mentioned previously Mark Orton from the Tin Hat Trio. Yes. And Mark Orton is, uh, is a good friend and a, a, a great composer. Tin Hat's, Tin Hat's fabulous. He's, he's like, yeah. he's top notch. Yeah. And, and he's a really great guy. And, and I like spending mm -hmm. time with him. I like uh, – playing music with him. I've gone over and tracked on a, a few of his film projects. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a little bit about recording a, a duo album. And when... And what would you be playing? Well, I, I don't totally know. I'd play some accordion some. Yeah. I'd probably play some slide guitar. Yeah. We did, I guess a year and a half ago now, I was a curator for the Silent Film Festival uh -huh. for the Charlie Chaplin Silent Film Festival down mm -hmm. in the Film Study Center. Mm -hmm. And that meant that I, w I was finding bands to compose soundtracks to these nine films that mm -hmm. were re-released. Mm -hmm. And for the three-leg one, uh, Mark was our guest. Yeah. And it was really it was great to play with him. So the, the duo idea is something that we kind of have tossed back and forth for a while. Whatever we play, Mark also plays a ton of instruments. Mm -hmm. And I also consider when we say it's a duo album that doesn't exclude having guests yeah but it's something i i feel in uh in in these in my inner musical voices it's it's mm -hmm. a voice that uh hasn't yet got to be expressed and and that's a i think a strong partnership that i want to want to make some music with and see what it is i don't mm -hmm. that's one of the exciting things i don't actually know quite what it'll be but i have a lot of trust that it'll be that is exciting yeah it'll be satisfying yeah yeah, yeah. That's really that is exciting. Boy, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. So so I'll keep you posted on that Please one. Do. Please but, do. But but that's yeah. that's that's yeah. in my uh, that's in the up and coming. There's so much stuff 
it goes on here. It, it, it's still, I mean, we can't cover anything. We we, we cover one one tenth of one percent. You, you of cover goes a, on. a lot, but I mean, there's like, a lot you of know, stuff. Like, uh, imagine all the things, all the people that come in and out of Tucker Martin's studio. Uh huh. You know, Bill Frizzell's here half the time. People don't even know. No, it's, he he gets know? he gets. I mean, international top. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I, I don't know that there's ever been a time when, I, when I've seen you when I have not asked you. Yeah. How, how am I doing? Oh, no. thanks for asking. I know how you're doing. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing I ask you. <laughs> what are you asking the me? The second thing I ask yep. you is, when's the next Three-Legged Torso album coming out? Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked, Tom. <laughs> no, you're as, not. As I'm always glad. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the goal is to bring it out this year. Really? Yeah. The goal is... Well, well it's the, just January. I know. Well, you got a whole goddamn year to get it out. And and it will take it might take most of that year. Okay. There there are two there are two albums in the works. One is more at this point more in the conceived works uh-huh. and one is in the mostly tracked works. The fir- the first one that's mostly tracked is an album that accompanies our Christmas show with the Wanderlust. Ah. So it's music from that uh, but not strictly from that. And you that. may bring that out around Christmas? That we, we're going to aim <laughs> yes, for that. Yeah, yes. we're going to aim for Christmas. And, and in the exciting sense, uh, this last year, uh, when we were thinking about this album, one of the tunes that we do in, in the Christmas show is Carol of the Bells. Uh-huh. And we, we were imagining having uh, our dream vocalist on it. And, uh-huh. and so we said, who's our dream vocalist? And that was Storm Larch. Ah. So Bela says, okay, I'll call up Storm. So he calls up Storm, and she goes, yeah, sure. That sounds good, but you guys come and be on my album. We'll do a trade. <laughs> and so we we went down and uh-huh. uh, worked with her and, uh, you know, you know the members of the band, Scott sure. Weddle yeah, and, yeah. and Greg. Yeah. and uh, James Beaton. Yeah, except this, this version of the tune, James wasn't on it, and then – Mike Mike Murphy, or the three-leg bass player, was on it. Uh-huh. And we went over. I did some arrangement work in advance. Mm-hmm. We went over to Storm's basement. And, in well, she was upstairs cooking dinner. We rehearsed. <laughs> and then every now and then she'd shout down, okay, that's good, but try this. And meanwhile, she'd continue to cook dinner. <laughs> and then we had dinner. This was, this was on a Sunday. Yeah. And then on Tuesday we went in the studio and cut this uh, – Cole Porter tune, it's all right with me. Mm-hmm. It's a, it came out really great. Mm-hmm. So, as a, as a result, one that was super fun, and Bale and I have done a few more guest appearances with her. Yeah. But uh, she will be one of the guests on this upcoming three leg album. That's great. Yeah. So we're excited about that. So there's the Christmas album. The other album. Ride those coattails, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. So the other album is is what in my mind what I think of as as more of a, a traditional three leg album in the sense that it'll be full of more original music. Mm-hmm. We've in the I don't know if we're gonna do this again. In the past, we've always kind of had this model that maybe has become intentional, where it's all original tunes plus two versions of klezmer tunes or something that mm-hmm. we've abused in some way. <laughs> so so far this one looks like it might be all original tunes. Huh. This one is this one uh, more we're working on the tunes. Many of these tunes are written. Uh, some are not written, and and some some are written yet yet the band doesn't quite know how to play them yet. We're kind of working on getting it together. So. Uh, if, if if the stars in line and we're gonna we're gonna work on that, uh-huh. these things you and I will be meeting again. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. And there won't be any any covers of Gary Glitter. Um, uh, please. That, that'll that'll be that'll be in the uh, like uh, secret password download. <laughs> I'm never gonna let you forget that. You realize that, right? Oh, I, I, I'm aware, Tom, that you like it when a person. Starts talking in a uncontrolled manner. Yes, I do. <laughs> it, it's the secret to my success. Wait a minute, what success? What am I talking about? I drive a, a 35-year-old car. Uh, and, but yes, yes. But it's, it's but but you're it's, fond. It's, it's I the know, essence of my career. I know you're you're fond of the expose. Well, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> it's a good story, especially if it's true, even if it's not true. 
You could be making that up. I don't care. No, but in this case, it is true. It is true. Yeah, yeah. I know it was true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, well, it's good stuff. So, so now, uh, yes. You, you know, the other thing that I'm I'm making a commitment to these days, yes, is writing, and not music writing, yeah. but but. Uh, I don't know, literature seems a broad claim, so I'll just say, you know, prose and things like that. <laughs> you can call it literature. Well, I hope it is literature well, at the okay. end. Okay, I mean. But, you know. But, uh, but, you know, one of the early things I did last year, you invited me to, uh, I'd, I'd done a kind of profile of my friend, accordion player Russ Rossi. Love that story. On Facebook, and you said, hey, yeah. make this into a story, and I yeah. really appreciate you inviting me to do that. Yeah. And. Uh, Been waiting for the follow-up. I know. Well, Anything. Well, <laughs> these things take time. But but uh, so that kind of launched me, uh-huh. and and I've been interested in writing for a long time. And as you, in the three leg context, you see, I tell a bunch of stories, and uh, I've I've come to enjoy. And you know, I have to admit, like when I tell a good story, and when it, there's when it, there's some good improvisation within the telling, uh-huh. I feel like something's happened. Like it's, yeah. it, and I feel good, and it's, and the audience comes with me. Yeah. So, uh, I, I thought I, I had a bit of a writing bug for a long time that I never scratched. Ah. So I, I started getting to this, and then in addition to the story about Russ, mm-hmm. I had two pieces in this. Uh, the the folks press magazine which I mentioned mm-hmm. which should be uh, folkspress.com mm-hmm. and then I'm working on a, a longer piece my my novel which really Jesus that's hard <laughs> <laughs> so and and I'm like I'm I'm early in the curve at doing this mm-hmm. so uh, it's not like I I know everything about it but but I'm it's inspired my creativity a lot. Really? Yeah. You haven't found writing to be dreary, drudgery, horrible, and just dreadful to have to do? Well, uh, <laughs> it's it's true that a person can get discouraged. <laughs> yeah. My my rule of thumb, you know, is is always the pleasure is in having written. Well, that that's a classic line. It is a classic yeah. line, but it's true. And <laughs> and I look forward to. I mean. I feel good about the the stories that I've written. Uh-huh. This whole concept. I mean, I don't mean to discourage you. No, or no, anything. no. I know. I, I totally. <laughs> but, but you see, I, I'm the endeavor is young enough for me. Yes, I, and I, inspires I, I, me. I can hear that. Yeah, yeah. I can hear that. Right. And it, and it's definitely uh, this whole thing of writing something that's longer. There's there's a lot of uh, sort of problem solving and learning about it as it goes, and and mm-hmm. it, that's pretty interesting. And you know, some days I think I'm doing something that's okay. Like mm-hmm. some people might enjoy reading it, and that mm-hmm. that is one of the goals. I'm yes. not just trying to write for the audience of one. But uh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. No, that is good. Because you got to feel that. Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, that's uh, that's that's the that's the you know the yin and the yang of it. You you know you you are the artist and you are creating for yourself, but on the other hand. You know, you want somebody to look at. You it. hope somebody likes it, yes, and that's sure. part. Of, well, doesn't that? I think a lot of that comes from you as a musician and a performer. A lot of uh, because you're you 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 because you you perform for an audience. It's true, and and I think it focuses the work. Poets more. aren't like that. <laughs> that may Take be. my word for it. Yeah, you know, you you've probably <laughs> talked to a few. I've I've, I've lived with a couple. Actually. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Poets don't care if anybody sees it. It's it's a lonely road. But yeah. then that then that I don't know who it was. There was that wealthy widow that died and left like three hundred million to that poetry magazine, yeah. and uh, kind of as potentially at least made a visible change in sort of some of the future of poetry publication yes. stuff like that. Yeah. But now we could have a potential poetry superstar. There you go. But but in my own endeavors. That will uh, never happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlikely. It's unlikely. Never. In, in the current trajectory no of society. No way in hell that is ever going to happen. It's in the current trajectory of society, it won't happen. No. But but I but I'm finding uh you know that it's 
I, I get excited. I have a good day if I do creative work. And so doing writing when it's going well helps that happen. And then that also inspires my writing of music too. So it's, right. ki it's kind right. of, you know, you're just kind of getting all your creative juices flowing and yeah. – and I feel like I, I'm trying to make this commitment to writing, so you kind of feel once you do it, each day if you do it, it's like, okay, now I can do these other things, and you've got good energy for them. So. Well, I, I, don't, I don't mean to beg, yeah. but if you ever have anything that you would, you would like to see on Oregon Music News, we, we would love to see another story. Well, Tom, there, there certainly <laughs> will be one, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to put you off. I, I look forward to it. I'm also I'm a little wound up in this kind of novel type I, idea. I can tell. And they so, take I, I mean it's a fragment. Well, maybe so. I don't know. Maybe we could have an introductory fragment. But go. but the uh, <laughs> but these things, as you know, like writing anything takes time. Yeah. So and I kind of I lost my thread once on this, and now I'm back in the in the uh, zone. So you got to kind of stay on the track. I see. Yeah, it it it, it does take time unless you have a deadline. <laughs> In which time? In which case, it is a finite. Well, that and and finite. that can be a beautiful thing. That can be a really beautiful thing. But I have to say, novels don't have deadlines generally, unless you've gotten the advance already. Yeah, if you've gotten advance, right. and 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 certainly, uh, I haven't established any of those relationships yet. <laughs> well, How we're we going to continue Tom? this. Yeah. Because we 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 never stop this, but I will have to stop the machine. Okay, but that's good because yeah. when you invited me to chat for an hour, yeah. you know, I, I I like talking to you. It's the truth, but but I I think of, I I don't sit around and think of myself. Oh, I'm just going to chat for an hour. I know, but, and I'm glad we <laughs> chatted together. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheerio.